G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I asked for people who wanted to hand their lives over to Christ to come down the front. And I remember standing there, trembling with my eyes shut, going, I'm not going to front, I'm not going to front. What's Shelley going to think? What's Shelley going to think? And, you know, I don't even know how I got down there, but I ended up down there in absolute blubbering mess. And I looked up and Shelley's standing right beside me doing the same thing. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today Dave and Shelley Drage join us once again to share more of their story as a couple. As we heard last time, they began life as child prodigies in Australia's country music scene. They met as kids, became parents as teenagers, and then went off the rails a bit. But today we're going to hear how God gets a hold of their hearts and turns their lives around. However, we'll also hear how they still have gone through a number of significant life challenges. All that and more is coming up as Dave and Shelley continue their chat with Shelley Scowen. You have had ups and downs in your marriage at various points, but it's that determination that's kept you together, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was, um, we've been through it all. We've, um, I was a battered husband there for a while. <laughs> People laugh. Because we don't often hear about battered husbands. Oh, it's but, very um, real. Yeah, we'd uh, often uh, rock up to my brother's place and not have an egg on my head, or you know, a scratch or a bump or a dent or something on me somewhere. And because um, Kelly's family, you know, they all they knew to do was violence, and my family all they knew to do was love. It was like putting oil and water into a relationship and how this was going to work. So I was just as abusive, but it was emotional abuse back to Shelley and verbally and, and stuff like that. So, and sometimes, you know, for me, I think emotional abuse can sometimes be far worse than anything physical. Mm. Yeah. I think they're all, they're all terrible, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But we were just so, um, I don't know, we just, neither of us, would ever get to the point where we were leaving. It was like, it didn't matter what was happening. Our little family was too important for us to let it go. Yeah, but we, we did get to that point of, you know, uh, walking away. And it was even after we became Christian and Shelley was receiving a lot of counselling um, and stuff to, uh, her childhood and background and things, but me being the, the good Aussie, Aussie bloke, I didn't need counselling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have any issues. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so because Shelley was growing so much, I was, you know, beginning to get resentful at her and, and things were just spiralling out for me. But she was growing in God and going deeper. Um, I was growing in God, but I was, I was just doing it on my own and letting God be on the sideline. Because you were saved both about the same time, weren't you? 
Uh, but Shelley, you obviously continued to grow. But tell us the story of um, the day that you were saved. Uh, by this time, I'd started a couple of businesses and I'd uh, stepped away from the music industry uh, to focus on, on family and and our second child and stuff like that. So back to me then, it was about making some money to, you know, support all these kids and, and my new wife. And uh, we went to a, a business conference and and there's a, there's a few folks, there's a guy got up and sang on on the Saturday night and, and being amused, I really enjoyed that. And, and you know, there's a guy who I really respected saw me on the way out and it was the end of the conference and everything. It just went for the day. And he said, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, oh, I'm probably just going to hang out for a bit and then we'll head home. Um, and he said, well, did you enjoy that guy playing? I said, yeah, he was really good. He said, well, he's going to play again tomorrow morning. Some of us have just got together. He said, it's not part of the conference, but there's a few of us that are just getting together. And he's going to talk about the secret of success. And that just grabbed me. And I don't even know what it was. I think it was just the, the because I was so business focused back then. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll come along to that. And uh, we walked in. And they were singing some songs and um, and then some people got up and shared some story and I started reading from the Bible and it turned out I'd walked into a non-denominational gathering of these Christian businessmen that had just, you know, impromptu put this little meeting together and uh, they started talking about Jesus and how he loves us and uh, all this sort of stuff and and it just grabbed us. We couldn't figure it out because coming from a Catholic background, it wasn't in a church. It was just in a in a hotel function room. And they were all happy. And so it was a bit bit crazy. But then he sang a song and a couple of people shared their testimony. And I couldn't even tell you what they said or what they sung um, or anything um, apart from a song at the end was about the cross and it was from the perspective of the Roman soldier um, and saying, truly, this is the Son of God. And, you know, there's something that happened. They asked the people who wanted to hand their lives over to Christ to come down the front. And I remember standing there, trembling with my eyes shut, going, I'm not going to the front, I'm not going to the front. What's Shelley going to think? What's Shelley going to think? And, you know, I don't even know how I got down there, but I ended up down there with absolute blubbering mess. And I looked up, and Shelley's standing right beside me doing the same thing. <laughs> and wow. it just turned our world upside down. We come away from there. We had no follow-up. They didn't give us any material um, because they didn't have any. <laughs> we didn't have any clue what to do. So we went back home and we went to our little Catholic church. Thought, well, we should go back to church. And we sat around in there for a few weeks and, and you know, loved them. Um, but we're sitting there like, this isn't what we signed up for. And we just thought, there's got to be something more we're missing. And we were heavily in, still into the, the drinking and drugs and party house and everything. And I remember just sitting at the table 
And I said to Shelley, we've got to get out. We can't do this anymore. And I, I just don't know what to do. Um, we we're both in, in conflict within our, what we know now was our spirit. We didn't know that, what it was. But So I flicked open a map of Australia, and thankfully it was a map of Australia and not the world. And I sat there with a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other, and I said, God, if you're real, get us out of here. And I'll go wherever you tell us to go. And I, I got my finger and I whizzed it around in the circle, shut my eyes, landed us on the Atlas, and it landed in Perth, Western Australia. And we were living in Brisbane. That was a long way away. Thankfully, it landed in Perth and not in the ocean somewhere, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so unbeknown to us, um, we only knew one couple over there, and we didn't even know them. I'd spoken to him once through another business associate um, and through a friend of a friend. And I said, you know, we were going to head over to Perth. And so I rung this fella and he said, yeah, sure, come round when you get here. And unbeknownst to us, um, that person was a Church of Christ minister. Wow. And we we went to their place and they just loved us and cared for us, nurtured us, and they were just awesome. Mm. So God really had his hand on you from the beginning there, you know, really guiding you into exactly where he wanted you to be. But even then, it still wasn't all rainbows and sunshine and lollipops um, because life has still been hard even in those days. Uh, Shelley, can you tell us some of your story in all of this? Well, I guess, um, like I mentioned, we had our second child, but just before Nathan was born, I'd had a pregnancy and lost a baby just at about 18 weeks, so that was pretty full on. And then um, when we got to Perth, um, Dave had a spinal injury, which I let him go into. Um, I got diagnosed first with polycystic ovarian syndrome and then with ovarian cancer, uh, which wasn't exciting, and sort of battled that on and off uh, for 10, 15 years before I finally had my um, hysterectomy and my ovaries removed. And I guess we've always just followed what we felt God was telling us to do. So we went Brisbane, Perth, Brisbane, Perth, Ballarat, Brisbane, Cairns, Mackay, Cairns. We've moved around a little bit and every time we've moved, it's been we felt God just wanted us to move and do stuff. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is once again chatting with Dave and Shelley Drage, who are sharing their story as a couple. We just heard how they became Christians, but unfortunately, as Shelley mentioned, life was not all rainbows and sunshine after that. Next, we're going to hear about some significant medical challenges they faced and about a prison sentence. All that and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. 
Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Shelley Scowen chatting with Dave and Shelley Drage, who have been sharing with us their extraordinary story as a couple. Before the break, we heard how they became Christians. Now, Shelley shares the challenges that came next in her life. Throughout my journey, I've always had a lot of feet in a healing ministry uh, for lots of pain and wounds from my childhood. I've had deliverance ministry, I've had counselling, I've had it all, but um, when I had my hysterectomy, which was in 2009, so I've been a Christian quite a while and been in leadership in churches and things for a long time, I actually was cut open across my stomach and it triggered post-traumatic stress disorder and what they call disassociative identity disorder in me. And that's because I was abused before the age of five quite aggressively. So if you didn't have that much trauma from a very young age, your little brain filing cabinet, instead of filing in order, filed in different compartments. And, yeah, that's the easiest way to explain it. When I had that surgery, I remember coming out and my mum and Dave and our daughter, who was in year 11 at the time, were like, where have you gone? When do I get my wife back? When do I get my mum back? My mum was like, what's happened to you? And it was like I was a totally different person. And during that time, I actually committed a crime. And it got to the point that I... Um, a few years later, actually, had police ringing me, wanting me to go and put, turn myself in because I'd been investigated and found guilty of this crime. And at that time, I'd come back into being in my own self and had no clue that I'd committed a crime. And yeah. so to the point I was sentenced and served seven months in prison, which is something I'm not proud of and never will be. Um, but I guess it was a point of once I saw the evidence and looked into it more and was diagnosed and able to unpack memories and things, there was no doubt I'd done what I'd done and so I took responsibility for that and walked the path that it led us down. Mm. And so um spent seven months in prison and, um, yeah, my whole life changed since, basically, because... I guess I was um, a very successful person in um, a business management sort of field. I'd always been that person that um, went above and beyond and had an excellence and my integrity was really important to me and um, through this situation, all of that was stripped from me because I now have a criminal record and things like that. And so it walked Dave and I through a journey that, Neither of us ever, ever, ever could have imagined we would be on. But the flip side of that is because of that being exposed, um, I was able to get the diagnosis of what was going on. I was able to realise that I had post-traumatic stress disorder and it was from all the things that I'd pushed down and moved on and had never really addressed in my life fully or never let Christ into the other side because I'd, I'd allow myself to just be happy, clappy and just not go there. And so during this time, which it was probably over 
sort of a two-year time frame all up. I was able to get the help I needed, get on some medication to help put Humpty Dumpty back together, seek the Lord, get into my Bible, do a whole lot of journaling and soul-searching with the Holy Spirit and a whole lot of soul-searching and repenting and crying out to God and crying out to Dave. And I guess it was amazing to me because I, I felt like my whole world was just being stripped from me, and it was. But there was no person more by my side or more in my corner than Dave. He was amazing. And just his love for me and his um, pressing into the Lord for himself to hear clearly how God wanted us to do and walk through um, just blew me away because I thought I would have lost everything and I'm still sitting here next to me now. So that's mm. amazing. And you talked about letting Jesus in, into those areas. And I know that that's a phrase that Dave uses as well, letting Jesus into places of hurt and pain in his life. What is the importance of handing over every single aspect of our lives to Jesus? Oh, gosh. Well, I think we've been Christians now 28 years. And like the incident I'm talking about where I went to prison and stuff is fresh. It's sort of less than five years ago. But the thing happened about nine, ten years ago. And I guess I thought I'd let Jesus you know, you stand up the front and you say the prayers and you say, I surrender, God, I give you my life. But there's always those little places that you've hidden and sometimes you just push them down so much that you don't even want to know they're there, let alone show God they're there, but he already knows they're there. And Jesus wants to go into every part of you. He wants you to let him into every area. So, you know, if if you're struggling with your finances, let him into your finances. If you're struggling with your marriage, let him into your marriage. If you're struggling with relationships, let him into relationships. And if you're struggling with sin, let him into your sin. The the idea which is disassociative of identity disorder, your brain switches like a light switch. And so when I'm in one mind, I, my whole the other part of me has no clue what it is doing. Um, so the true me doesn't realize the naughty me's come out to make it basic. But in saying that, I feel healed and whole and just like the guy, the demoniac in the tombs, I'm dressed in my right mind because I just thought the Lord. I went to Jesus and I said, you know, your word says I have your, the mind of Christ. Um, you said that you've healed me, that you took every curse and relation, that you paid by your stripes I'm healed. So I just went before him and just let him in to all those really deep, deep places that I didn't even want to venture into. All the memories, all the flashbacks, all the the scars, um, and just said, I need you, Jesus, help me. And most of that happened to me when I was in prison, and it was me and a Bible and a notebook and just a lot of tears on a page. And however it is, is however it is for you. But, um, like, you've got to sort of, you can say the prayers and fake it till you make it if you like. But if you fake it till you make it, you're just not being a true, true, authentic person to yourself. Yep. And the more you let Jesus in, the more healing you get, the more freedom you get, the more life you get. And 
like, yeah, I'm still a sinner. I've still committed and done things that I'm not proud of. I've lived a life that's been very productive and very, um, I'm, I'm proud of part of my life. But there's a, a section I'm not proud of, but that's just part of who I am. And Jesus looked at the whole package, not just the things I've done wrong. Mm. And when I let him in, he wiped those sins away. He hung on a cross and took the nails for me. So um, there's power in that. And if you believe in Jesus, you've got to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead is enough to set you free from those things that are holding you captive. And I, and I think, too, we, we spend so much time, we want to be forgiven, we want to, you know, give our stuff to God and we're forgiven from it, but there's still a natural consequence to our sin. And praise God, and, you know, that he gave Shelley the, the courage to not just own up and accept her sin for what it was, but to walk through the consequences. And he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we just felt him so close to us during that season. And he was there every step of the way. And I remember we, before going in to um, meet with our solicitor for the very first time and to uh, do an interview with the the police, I just remember praying and, and saying to Shelley, honey, I have no idea what you've done, but we're going to do this together with God and we're going to trust in him and whatever the consequences are, we're going to take them that he's orchestrating them and he's guiding them and he will also get us through them. So there's forgiveness in it and there's wholeness, but there's also he walks with you through the consequences. Mm. Yeah, such wonderful wisdom from you and a great perspective. I mean, you've really walked those difficult paths together and I really love your perspective on things. We are quickly running out of time, but I do want to cover the physical healing that you, Dave, have also experienced. We've just heard about that you know, emotional and mental healing that's gone on in Shelley. But Dave, you also had a major accident when it came to your spinal cord. Tell us about that time for you and the amazing healing that you received from God. Yeah, I had a, a spinal injury back in the early 90s and... Um the short version is they told me I wouldn't walk again and I had nothing from the waist down. Uh, I was in and out of hospital for uh, two and a bit years. Uh, I was catheterizing every four hours to use my bladder and, and all sorts of things. Um, and I remember on, on night four, um, I had a good friend up there and uh, sort of all the visitors had left and, and he said, Dave, what, what do you want? How, how shall we pray? And I just said, I'd be happy if God would heal me to do what he wants me to do, I'd be happy with that. Now, unbeknownst to me, I had no idea what a covenant was. I had no idea what an agreement with God was. I just thought it was a good thing to do. <laughs> but um, if he could heal me to do what he wanted me to do, then I'd be happy with that. Mm. And, you know, that early hours of that morning, I sat, it was like a dream, but it was real. I sat upright in the bed. I got out of the bed. I walked across the room, 
sat in a chair and then I couldn't move again. And the nursing staff come in because I was in the spinal unit and on 15-minute OBS. And uh, they come in and said, how'd you get over there? I said, I don't know. <laughs> wow. But I knew, I knew from that point that God was going to heal me. And so I refused surgery. I refused um, everything. And I, I just knew in myself that God was going to heal me. That was the sign he gave me. Two and a half years down the road, after all the prayer had stopped, all the meals had stopped coming to home, and, and you know, most of the people at church were saying, Dave, you need to accept, you know, the way you are and your physical condition and get on with your life. And I was adamant God was going to heal me. Um, I ended up having a, an episode at home on the bed, and Shelley was giving me life support at home, got me in an ambulance. I passed away in the ambulance and they took me to the hospital. We were on first-hand terms with, with the ambos because they transported me so much. And they actually uh, came out and told Shelley that um, they were very sorry they lost lost me on the way. After a time, they, they let Shelley in. Um, the, short, the short version of that is the following morning, I woke up and I was in, uh, in the ward and the same doctor that was signing my death certificate checked me out of the hospital and I walked out completely pain-free. He had a um, exchange test done on his spine and bladder. Yeah. And there's no pre-existence. No evidence of previous injury. And his bladder's better than a a teenager, basically. And he's got a file sticker stick saying with the images. So many, many years down the road, when God asked me to uh, get around the country, I had a picture of this line around the edge of the nation of Australia, and I, I recognised, and I look at an atlas, and it was Highway 1. And um, uh, I said, okay, God, I'll go. I'll go um, to wherever you, you told me to go. And he said, I want you to go around Highway 1 and I want you to walk and I said walk I said can't we drive can't we you know be great on a motorbike <laughs> <laughs> or you know um, or, or something like that and he he reminded me uh, of being back in that hospital bed he said you're going to walk because they're my legs mm. and that's why I'm walking around the nation. That's right. With United Walk with Jesus, and you can find out more at unitedwalkwithjesus.com.au. Dave and Shelley, thank you so much for sharing just part of your story today. It's an extraordinary story, so many different facets, and I'm sure that's really just the surface. There's so much more that you could have talked about too. But we so appreciate you uh, sharing part of the story of what God has done in your lives. Thank you. Thanks, Shelley. All I can say is more Jesus. That's what we need. Well, that was the conclusion of Shelley Scowen's two-part conversation with Dave and Shelley Drage. And as Shelley just mentioned, they only really just scratched the surface of their incredible story. And there's much more to their lives, including all the wonderful ways they've been serving the Lord over the years. 
We should let you know that after Dave was healed by God, he went on even deeper with his faith and attended Bible college. So he's now Pastor Dave, and he and Shelley have been involved in ministry ever since. Also, as we heard mentioned at the very end, Dave started a ministry in 2017 called United Walk with Jesus, where he's been called to walk around Australia on National Highway 1, while sharing the love of Jesus. Meanwhile, Shelley leads the support team in a four-wheel drive. To find out more, their website is unitedwalkwithjesus.com.au. That's unitedwalkwithjesus.com.au. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Dave and Shelley sharing their story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.